as I Dave bring David on, you know, if you have not asked yourself these questions yet, you will, because it just, you know, if you're new with us right now, you're in the wishing and hoping stage. You're wishing and hoping everything you're hearing is true. That will lead to these three questions. And the first one is, does this work? Does the ecosystem work? The second question is, can I do this? And we don't have the answer for that. That's why we depend heavily on GroupMe and the calls and things, because you're hearing other people being successful, and it allows you to reevaluate your own situation. And then the third question is, will you help me? And David, I feel like, you know, looking back over your career with us, that you've pretty much experienced all three of these. Now, last week we received an email from you uh, that prompted you being on the call this week. Would you mind telling us about that? And also, in that process, share with us how your life has changed in the last two years. Sure. Um, well, good morning. And, yeah, I had a weird thing happen. Um, you know how when you use Microsoft Outlook for your email uh, you have an option to set an archive where certain emails that are over a certain amount of time old, it archives them into a separate folder. And I just so happened to have mine set at 24 months. And I was sitting there working, and I accidentally hit the sort where it, up, it, it flipped all my emails backwards. And suddenly, I was looking at emails that were exactly two years old. And I discovered, I started laughing. I was like, why do I have all these emails with Connie all of a sudden? I don't recognize what, I don't even know what we're talking about. And I realized it was all of my onboarding emails back when I first got my license. In fact, it just so happened to happen to be the exact day that I received my insurance license in the mail. And it was my correspondence back and forth with Connie on on getting my getting my license paperwork updated, uh, getting my AML certifications, getting uh, contracting requests with foresters. Uh, she rebuked me for requesting contracting with every carrier known to man, um, you know. And and, was, and, and there was a, an email in there from Johnny. Hey man, congrats! You got your license today. Let's go to work, you know. Uh, Bridget, uh, it was just hysterical reading these emails, um, and and then I was also laughing at at it because. In there, there was a question of, okay, so now how do I get started? What kind of leads should I buy? Is it okay if I buy 50D leads? Is that a good place to start? And, and, um, and so it was just this glimpse into a world that, to me, is so foreign to how I run my business now. But back then, it was, it was like fear and trepidation. Um, do you talk about how my life has changed? Well, prior to that, um, you know, that was September, middle of September of 2017, um, right in the middle of all that, I had left my previous career directing the U.S. sales for a loudspeaker company in the in the pro audio business, and it was a very uh, unfriendly departure. It was a unceremonious departure. It was a painful departure, and I went from being, um, uh, you know, directly involved with about twenty to thirty people a day to nobody. My kids were at college. Jenny was at work full time, and and so suddenly my phone stopped ringing and my emails were were dead. And my only correspondence I had was really anybody at that point was Johnny and Bridget and Dick and Connie, and 
and it was a it was a real bizarre experience to go from having been as important as I was to <laughs> being this lone man sitting at his desk out in, in the Puget Sound. Um, and so to see those emails and to realize, my gosh, it's been exactly two years since we started this whole thing was, was quite an eye-opening experience. Well, you know, the second question that I posed when we I first started is, can I do this? Um, this wasn't an easy startup for you. Would you explain some of the struggles you had at the beginning and then some of the victories uh, on the other side of those struggles, how that worked out for you? Sure. Uh, number one, absolutely, was I was terrified of dialing. And I still hate dialing. Um, I, I <laughs> it, And I laugh at myself now because I sit down to dial – and like this last weekend, I made, you know, 70-some-odd dials, and I had three people tell me no. But I was still terrified as I sit down. I still, you know, kind of, oh, man, my hands get sweaty. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, but it, it's something that I, from the, from the first day, I just really, really struggled with. And for, you know, I, I would happily door knock 15 people versus dialing 30, uh, you know, and, and it was just one of those things. And, and so I remember – after having tried to run business for a couple of months and closed like one or two deals, calling you up, Dick, and saying, okay, I've really at least got to get some sort of working understanding of how to properly dial because I'm not efficiently closing business. And, um, and you took me to, the, to school on how to dial on D leads. And I, and I recorded that conversation and I, and I remember taking that recording and I transcribed it of what your script was. And then I practiced literally speaking right over your, your cadence of that recording. And then you and I had a commitment and you said, okay, this Saturday you're going to dial up to 250 dials. You're just going to stay on the phone until you book your 15 appointments. That was the plan. We need to get, we need to target 15 to get, get a good breakthrough for you. And, um, and I'll never forget, you said, call me every 10 dials you make, you don't set an appointment, call me, and we're going to fix what's wrong. And so I think you and I talked on that on the phone that day. Um, it was early October, early November of 17. And we talked on the phone, I think, eight times that day. And you said, mm -hmm. okay, say, say it to me again. And um, And then what was interesting was as the day progressed, it was – it was less and less time of needing to call you to by the end of the day, I had made a little list and, and um, I had my 15 appointments and that next week closed like I think 4,000 APV. And I felt like I was Donald Trump. I felt like I was the <laughs> richest guy on the planet. I, you know, and, and that was the line in the sand. And it's funny now because I did 4,000 APV yesterday, and I don't even think twice about it. But back then, that was everything. You know, it's interesting. I remember that day. And, you know, we think we're doing it. We think we're saying it exactly the way we're supposed to. And many times we're using the right words. We're using every word, sometimes in the wrong sequence, but mostly in the wrong cadence. And it's not what we're saying, but what's we're, what we were conveying. And that's what we kept fine-tuning with David that day. And that's why it's so important to reach out for help, because that brings us to the third thing, will you help me? And the answer is yes. That's what this call is about today. That's what David experienced. And I remember that week he wrote that $4,000. I wasn't sure David was going to make it up until that week, because he had started with us September 11th. 
And this was, like he said, late October, early November, and he had had very marginal success. You know, he had enough success to know that for some people this works, but he did not have the success enough to know that it was going to work for him. And then when he realized we were there to help, that was kind of a breakthrough for him because that day we talked all day long. And we just kept fine-tuning what he was conveying, not what he was saying, you know. So uh, that that was important. Now, share with us a little bit about when you first started. I'm not sure you realize promotions were available or quite how you got them. And suddenly one day you got one. And um, share with us how that changed your life. Yeah, uh, you know, so I'd read the onboarding guidelines and the and the Equus promotion guidelines book. You know that you, it's on the train. That exact one is still on the training center right now. And um, and when I did that four thousand, um, I followed it the next week with uh, like two thousand, and the week after that with fifteen hundred, which to me was just insane. It was incredible. And then and then I think I don't know if it was you or Bridget at the time that mentioned. Um, uh, by the way, you know, if you just do that again, you get a 5% raise. And I said, huh? And, and, <laughs> and, and it was news to me that these that you could actually, you know, I, I come from a world, I'm going to go back in time. Let's go back to the mid-80s when I was an overnight waiter at Denny's. I worked all night from 11 at night till 7 in the morning. I was making three thirty-five an hour. And I remember after being there a year, I'd just come out of high school. After being there a year, the manager sat me down for my yearly review and for 20 minutes told me everything I was doing wrong and then gave me a five-cent-an-hour raise. And that was my perspective of life. And then suddenly you tell me, so if you do that again, you automatically get a 5% raise. I said, well, I mean, it wasn't like a manager just decided that, oh, you're good enough now. You know, you could control if you get a raise. And, you, and I said, what are you talking about? He said, go to page whatever it was in the guidelines. Look at the promotion chart. If you do that two months in a row, you get a 5% raise. Then the next month, if you do 10 in a row, 10 two months in a row, you get another 5%. And I started doing the math. I'm like, my goodness, that's my mortgage payment. You know, that's two mortgage payments. I mean, and it was just, uh, and so I've been fortunate enough that throughout 2018, once that started, um, I was able to hit every promotion in the book exactly on the eight-week schedule all the way through the end of the year and um, and then have been on a real heavy push here the last few weeks uh, to complete another real big promotion um, and um, which we'll be qualifying for here by the end of next week. And I'm doing the math on it. And, and, and now when you're going after 30000 a month in, in premium, you get a 5% raise. Those are some real pretty numbers. And what can you do with that? Oh, by the way, this year we didn't have to take out student loans for our daughters last year at college. Uh, we cashed out the difference between her scholarships and what we owed. I could not have done that. Two years ago, when I was going after that little five percent raise on seventy five hundred, and so it was, it, it began for me the idea that I can control. In this business, you can control your income. You can control. It's all there, there's nobody telling you. Oh, sorry, you you know you, you didn't treat that customer right, so you don't get a raise this this year. Or oh, we can't afford it. No, that's not the way it works. If you do those numbers two months in a row, oh, you get a raise, and then that qualifies you to go to the next level, and nobody can tell you otherwise. 
Well, you know, we understand why people and why you didn't understand about the raises because you're so overwhelmed just trying to figure out how do I make an appointment, what do I do after I get the appointment, what am I going to sell them, how am I going to sell them. So that's why Johnny had your back because he was the one tracking your numbers, and we have enough people that, you know, the people direct to us, we monitor that. But Johnny had your back on that, and he goes, hey, guys, keep an eye on David. He's about to qualify for his first promotion. So uh, he and uh, um, Bridget Mason, Johnny was the one that had that, and he's one followed you all the way through on that. So uh, yeah, thank you, true. John. You know, hey, this time last year, I think you were really working toward the Punakana trip, and I, I always wondered about it because a lot of people think, oh, yeah, they're going to Hawaii, they're going to Punakana. I could never win that. So they just go to work. And that's kind of in the back of their mind, but way in the back of their mind. In your situation, suddenly about the 1st of September, you realized that trip was within striking distance. What happened at that point in time to get you to Punakana? And then what happened this, on this trip for Hawaii? How did that change? Uh, well, yeah, doing focusing on those promotions, I, I started seeing the widget on the Equus dashboard that showed me that Suddenly, I, I was like at 75% of the qualification needed to go to Punta Cana. And I, and I called you guys, and I said, oh, is this within reach? Is this a reasonable target? And you did the math with me over the phone, and we said, yeah. And here's all you got to do every week. And, and when you break things down like that, as opposed to, I think at the time I needed 25000 in production, and there was like two months to go. And, and you said, well, no, it, that's well within reach because here's all you got to do every week. And you've done that several times in the past. You just have to get more consistent on making sure, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have your business go up and down where you're doing 5,000 one week and one and 100 the next. And, um, and so we qualified for Punta Cana with a week to spare. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I was 0.8 on the pucker factor. Cause I was like, there is no way, I'm, I'm going to not qualify for this because I, I just couldn't look at myself if I went to conference and saw all the people up on the platform that went to Punta Cana and I wasn't one of those people. It was I knew it was just that really, that's like, you know, I would rather take a baby porcupine, rub it between my toes and pour Tabasco on it than go to a sales conference and not be one of the people standing up on the stage. And so uh, that's just the way I'm wired. And so, you know, we put our nose to the grindstone. And then I, and one of the things I found with you guys is, and I've appreciated this, is that when I have a certain target, I like to start hitting you with my numbers each week and say, here's where I'm at and here's what I'm targeting. Because once I write it down and send it to you, it kind of gives me no choice but to keep going because I'm going to look like an idiot if I don't work hard the next week and hit the number I say I'm going to do. Um, and then this year, the coming out of conference, well, geez, you're telling me I got 18 months to qualify instead of seven, which is what I had the last time. Um, and we qualified by just about a week after Valentine's Day for the Maui trip, um, which was a real blessing to, to know that I, I've had that in my pocket now for seven months already. You know, uh, David, we know you live on the West Coast, and uh, people on the West Coast tend to vacation in Hawaii more than we all do out here. And and uh, so, and I know you've been before, and Jenny's been too, right? Yeah, well, I, we were, I was President's Club back when I had my mortgage company back in the mid-2000s, and I won President's Club, and we went to Wailea there in Maui. And um, 
it was a similar type thing. It was a very short trip. It was like a two-day President's Club trip, but uh, it was still a big well, deal. You know, this is going to be a big deal. And notice his excitement. You know, um, Dick and I have actually been to Hawaii eight times, so we're we're. You know, it's not like we've never been, but guys, we're so excited we can't really stand it because we're going to not only go to Hawaii on someone else's nickel, but we're going to get to associate and be with all these people who understand the business and love it like we do. So that's part of the enjoyment also. And I, I know, you know, David and uh, Jenny really enjoyed Punta Cana, and I know they're going to enjoy Hawaii. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, there's a tendency, and David and I have talked a lot about this, and everybody on this call is, is somewhat guilty of this. You have a really, really good week or a really, really good month, and there's just a little tendency to kind of step back and bask in your success and and when that happens, a lot of times we lose momentum, and then it's hard to get back in rhythm on that. But when we first started talking to David about this trip to Punakana and needing the $25,000, and I remember saying to him, you can eat an elephant one bite at a time. And let's the elephant is $25,000. How many bites of this do we need to take each week and each day? And that's the way we approached it, and he set up a plan to do that because he knew how many dials it took to make an appointment. He knew how many appointments it took to write $1,000 in business, and we just worked backwards on it, and he got enough resources, enough leads to make the dials, to set the appointments, to make it. And I must admit, I was sweating a little bit coming into that last week because I was hoping we'd had it a week earlier than you got it, but it didn't matter. You made it, yep. so that was, that was all that mattered. David, thank you for taking the time with us this morning, and I hope this resonates with some of the people on the call today just to realize, you know, what the opportunity is here. Okay. Um, I wanted to address something with everybody this morning on Z leads, the Z is zebra, and why to use them as a uh, backup or as an added resource to your appointments. <clears throat> These make excellent door knocker opportunities. Now, what are the advantages of the Z leads? Well, first off, one of the advantages is they're 10 cents a piece. Now, don't go in and buy a bunch because these leads are on, only going to be shown or sold one time. So, you know, start off with 50 or 75 because if you find out you're not disciplined to work them, then don't get any more. But those 50 to 75 that a person takes, they are not going to be available to another agent again, period. Now, um, why is there so much potential in these leads? I want to give you the background of these. We know that only about 3% of all the people that get a mortgage will ever send a lead back. You know, Equus will get 1%. Some of our competitors will get half or three quarters. But about three, maybe 4% of the entire population will ever send a lead back. Well, these Z leads are not people who necessarily send a lead back. They didn't send it back with Equus. There's a, a 2 or 3% chance they sent it back with someone else. Um, but even if they bought, um, there's still another opportunity there. So, you know, understanding that on the Z leads, 95 to 96% of those people never send a lead back. 
Well, the event that triggered them getting the lead to begin with was a mortgage, and that's what you're looking at. What triggered them to be contacted? Now, since then, many times they've had additional events happen in their life that trigger them again to want or need insurance. You know, sometimes the loss of a spouse. You know, we sell a lot of insurance as an equity protector plan to a widow or a widower because they want the children to get the equity in the home. Uh, but the, the event of the mortgage was not enough to get them to do something. Sometimes there's been a terminal diagnosis with a friend or a family member that says, oh my gosh, you know, now I've got a second opportunity. For this group of people, it's like the second or third event that motivates them to move forward. Now, how do we effectively work these leads? Well, there are no phone numbers on them. All they are is a copy of the original lead with nothing filled out. So they literally have to be door knocked. First thing we do is we print the lead out, but we also understand uh, we need to print it out on pink paper, not a hot pink or something obnoxious like that, just as a pink paper, because when they were receiving these two to three or four years ago, they were pink, you know. And when you approach the house with them, if you heard on the call the other day, and one of the, I, actually this may not have been on the call, it might have been on the training in Philly, you put 10 to 15, 15 of these on a clipboard, and when you pull up in somebody's driveway, you get out of the car, you leave the car running, you leave the door open, and you just walked up to the house. That tells the people you're not there to camp, you're not there to stay, and it's really a little unnerving for them, like, well, you know, go close your car door. Well, you're telling them I'm in a hurry, but this is important to you. And have 10 to 15 on your clipboard, and you just walk up and you flip the clipboard around and give it to them. Let them hold it and feel how heavy it is that their leads on there. When they see the pink paper, many of them it's going to bring back to the remembrance of when they were receiving those. And because they did receive several of them, it's going to bring it to the recollection. Your approach is, you know, you were entitled to benefits at the closing of your loan that were not presented to you when you signed all those papers. Did they mention that you might qualify for foreclosure protection on your loan? And the client is always going to have to say no because no one else is talking about foreclosure protection. They're either talking about mortgage protection or return of premium. Well, they're going to say no. Say, well, I didn't think so. I don't have any time now, but I need a little more information to see if you qualified. You have just a moment, and then you just go through like they were on the phone. Find out a little bit about their health, uh, and then set an appointment to go back and see them. Now, for new agents especially, a seasoned agent may want to go ahead and try to close the sale that day while they're there, but for a new agent, this gives you the opportunity to get back, strategize the case, present the right product, and learn how to sell it. Plus, it makes you look busy. You're posturing things the way it should be done. Guys, this could be a huge opportunity for everybody, and if you can... You know, D.D. Carter bought 53 of these leads, 53, and went out, and she wrote $12,000 in premium. Now, D.D.'s pretty good. She's real laid back, but that's basically what she did. And, uh, you know, if you can write half what D.D. did, that's a good week. So these are just opportunities, more ways of uh, building business. I 
I hope that makes a difference for you and, and helps you in that regard because this is another another way to generate income for you. Another, you know, it's kind of like McDonald's adding the special chicken sandwich or Popeye's adding the second uh, chicken sandwich that's been so famously promoted. And this is just another chicken sandwich in our menu that is something special. And uh, I, I did also want to talk tonight, today momentarily um, I had a CPA that's recommending his clients buy tax-free retirement. And, but he's real pushy, and it, it, it's, it's a hard – I'm trying to figure out where this whole thing is going, but I met with one of his clients last night to do a $4,000 IUL. And she's thinking $4,000 is a lot of money, and uh, he wants her to use her tax refund. She just wasn't quite comfortable with that. And then when I pointed out to her she's single, and God forbid, if she doesn't start saving some money as a hairstylist, life is not going to be good for her. She's going to be doing hair until the day she dies. And we talked about that last night. But she just didn't feel the comfort to move forward. And I mentioned, I said, you know, you don't have a safety net, you know, a spouse's income. It's all on you to take care of yourself and these children. I said, what most people in your situation are doing is they're insuring their insurability. They're insuring their retirement. And she said, what do you mean by that? I said, well, most people, because the, the CPA was trying to get her to do an extra $100 a month in her retirement plan to give her more income. And I could feel the resistance there with her. And I said, what most people in your situation are doing is they're putting an extra $100 a month into a guaranteed account, a, a return of premium. And what we do there is if, God forbid, three to five years from now they have cancer, stroke, or heart attack that they beat, they don't want to raid their retirement account just to live. So they're adding a second policy for about $100 a month that will give them a bucket of money to live on, but if they don't use it, they get all their money back at the end to help in their retirement. If they should pass away along the way, it just gives the children a little extra money as a heads up. And that's what broke the ice. That statement right there made her finally see and feel comfortable moving forward. Now, I'm not saying that you go out and do that right now, but what I am saying is start wrapping your mind around this. Everybody, when we first heard about living benefits, the thought was, oh, my gosh, we got to get them a living benefit plan. Then when we found out they had a policy that had, oh, they got living benefits. They don't need any more. No. Everybody that can afford it should have two or three different policies for living benefits in it because if they have cancer and they beat it, they can use the term policy. Well, what if it comes back and they beat it again? Now they've exhausted their retirement plan. Yes, they're alive, but now they're going to retire broke. So if we can wrap around this concept, you know, now you're not doing tax-free retirement, but you are doing mortgage protection. So why not wrap around that a less expensive, just like what David's been doing with the accident policy, something for about a dollar a day? Why not put another plan together to ensure, because if they exhaust their mortgage protection insurance to beat the cancer, now they have no insurance and they can't buy any. So guys, this is a way, <coughs> excuse me, to really drive home the point of the value of this 
and really prepare your client for success. Now, many of us will not make that sale now, but a year from now when we go into a, do an insurance review, that's when we'll pick up that second sale. It just seemed appropriate last night to throw it in then to get her off of the idea of am I going to do something rather thinking which one. So stop and think about this a little bit because I've mentioned this a lot of times. Make a list of people you know who don't need living benefits, and that list is extremely short. In fact, in most cases, it's non-existent. So everybody is a prospect. I hope this helps you know, with your career and your success this week.